When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's coaching coordinator podcast is from the second annual Lawrence First and Goal Clinic in which Kent State offensive coordinator Andy Souter talked about game day coordination of an offense. In this segment, he shares resources for situational football, his pregame checklist, press box mechanics. He talks about communications and charting and then goes over the setup of his situational chart. In this short episode, he gives a lot here. And you have some great stuff in the entire Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. Be sure to check that out at lfgf2022.coachesclinic.com. Our show today is sponsored by Sportscope. Speaking of game day coordination, a big part of that in between series and at halftime in high school games is the ability to use instant replay. They are the leaders in instant replay technology and end zone cameras. You want to check out their edge instant replay and what that can do for you. You need a reliable system that you are sure is going to work in any condition, in any setup, in any stadium, and they have that figured out. You'll also want to check out their end zone cam, which operates with artificial intelligence, meaning that you don't need a camera operator. If you want to hear about how all of this is incorporated into a workflow, check out our episode with Douglas Rivers, who's a six-time state champion at Dutch Fork High School in South Carolina. To learn more about Sportscope, go to sportscope.com. Here's Coach Souter from Lawrence First and Goal Clinic on game day coordination of an offense. First of all, I just want to start about some resources and, and kind of a starting point when you're talking situational football. And coaching football right now is such an awesome time because of the technology and the resources that are available to us. I mean, there's endless YouTube videos, clinics, just like what we're doing today, um, books you can read people you can get on Zoom with, all kinds of stuff. So it's a really cool time to gain knowledge and and learn football and learn really anything. And so I wanted to put these four books up. These are books that uh, deal primarily with situational football type stuff. It it all starts with the Handbook of Clock Management by Homer Smith. Um, Homer Smith is kind of the godfather of situational football and clock management. And he wrote this book a while back, um, but it gets revised every couple of years with rule changes and things like that. And uh, I think it's a must have for any football coach. It can be a little dense and can kind of make your head spin a little bit sometimes, but um, presents a ton of different situations and and is really good about um, here's what you should practice and here's what you should work on. And here's what you need to talk to your quarterbacks about and and your team about really, really good book. 
Um, study hall by Bill Connolly is more analytical, talks a lot about numbers and stats and things to look at more advanced metrics and things like that. Bill Connolly works for ESPN. He's the one that writes articles about uh, returning production and SP plus and things like that. And uh, his articles are really informative and kind of, he kind of does different types of articles than anyone else. So pretty cool book there. Gridiron Genius is a great book by Michael Lombardi. You know, I think a lot of coaching books are written for the fans. And I think this book is written for coaches. It has a lot of inside knowledge on situational football. It talks a lot about Bill Belichick. We'll kind of get into some of his stuff here in a little bit, but definitely must read for any football coaches. And then anything written by Chris B. Brown. I mean, he's got a couple books. He's got a great Twitter page. He's got a blog. Really dives into scheme and the history of football and how different coaches think. And he's got really good access and really good football mind. So along with those books, I mean, there's, there's countless clinics. Again, like I said, one coach that I really look up to that does a lot of clinics is Matt Rule. When you're talking situational football, he did a ton of clinics and talks when he was the head coach at Baylor. And those are available and, and really good. So again, a lot of resources out there to, to grab a hold of. All right, let's start with pregame. Okay, here's what you got to do pregame when we're just getting ready for a game and putting ourselves in situations as a staff to handle all the different situations of a football game. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people talk about this, especially quarterback coaches, but the first thing you want to do is locate where all the clocks are. Okay. So play clocks, especially make sure your quarterbacks know where those are. Make sure you know where those are as, as a coach on the field and whoever is up in the box for you. I'm in the box primarily. I've been in the box my whole career pretty much. So, I'll talk a lot about like press box mechanics, but you got to make sure all those different people know where the play clock is because that is critical. Also locating scoreboards, um, game clocks, down and distance. Every stadium you go to, especially these, you know, big power five stadiums, those those things can be in different spots. And then the last thing as a college coach, knowing where the TV timeout guy is on the field. Um, he's wearing a red vest or a red hat. And that guy's critical to know when you're going to get a TV timeout and also how long that TV timeout is going to be. So all things you got to take in consideration, obviously got to know the weather and the elements, whether it's the wind, rain, snow, et cetera, um, really important, especially the wind. If you're playing in an NFL stadium, really important that you know or that your players know where the college hashes are and the college numbers. Or if you're a high school coach, the high school hashes and the high school numbers. That can get a little confusing for kids sometimes. Obviously, when we're getting lined up offensively, the hashes and the numbers are, are huge. And it's really important that our guys know where all that stuff is. Okay, so stuff to keep in consideration. All right, got to know your kicker's range, all right? You know, whether he's kicking with the wind, against the wind, your special teams coordinator will kind of be in charge of that and inform you that. But it's important for you to know that as a play caller, as an offense coordinator, as a head coach, when you're making decisions, this picture right here is our special teams coordinator talking to our kickers before we play Texas A&M this year. So pretty uh, appropriate picture there, you know, and they're talking about stuff like that, talking about their range and wind and all that kind of stuff. And then the last thing is have somebody check your opponents too deep. Everybody does this. Just, you know, it's really important to know who's there, who's not there and, you know, who's going to be playing in the game for your opponent. Okay. This is huge. Press box mechanics and knowing where everyone's eyes are when we're watching a play unfold, okay? I, I think a lot of young coaches may not think about this. I've been there. I think we've all been there, right? When 
you're watching the the tape on Sunday and it's like, well, how did we miss this coverage? How did we miss this thing that kept showing up over and over and over? How did we not make that adjustment? Um, so on and so forth, right? All the mistakes that we maybe didn't see, we've got to have a plan to get everything watched, right? And I learned that a little bit later as a coordinator than my first year as a coordinator, okay? So, so here's how we've got it situated for us, okay? Here, the on the field, the co- coaches, Coach Lewis, our head coach, who again, has the quarterbacks. He's looking at the quarterbacks for you, okay? Wherever the, wherever the quarterback's eyes are supposed to be, he's watching it. He's making sure the quarterback is doing the correct thing. Okay, Coach Middleton, our outside receiver coach, he's on the field. He's going to be looking at the near side receivers in the coverage. So the guys that are right in front of him, that's what he's looking at. Our offensive line coach, Coach O'Boyle, he's looking at the near side tackle guard and center. So the guys that are closest to him, just making sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Coach Barton is watching the tight ends, but he's also the special teams coordinator. So he's not going to be able to watch every play because sometimes he's got to get the punt team ready, the field goal team, et cetera. Juan Soto is our offensive GA again. He's looking at the far side and then up in the box. I'm looking at the down and distance as soon as the play is over. I'm looking at the far side receivers and coverage, and I've, I'm getting the gain every play. Okay, so that helps me with the next down and distance. And then the chart that, I'm, that I'll talk about here in a second, making sure that is correct. So when we're talking coverage, when you've got one guy having the near side, one guy having the far side, and then the GA kind of scanning, the far side as well, you should be able to put together with three people what the full coverage was. Coach Johnson's our running back coach. He's got the box looking for any blitzes and watching the running backs to make sure they're picking up those blitzes and pass pro or making the correct decisions when they have the ball in their hands. And then A.J. Scott, our offensive line GA, is looking at the far side guard and tackle. So we've got our, all five of our offensive linemen covered, and he's also charting the fronts. Okay, so again, really critical that everyone's getting washed offensively and defensively. And everyone knows their job and does their job correctly. Okay, you can't veer off what where your eyes are supposed to be. Everyone has the tendency to kind of follow the ball sometimes or be a fan. Or We can't do that. Can't follow the ball. Can't look at a position we're not supposed to be looking at because we have to put all this information together as these eight guys and know what's going on. Really, really important. And, and if everyone's eyes are correct, we can make the correct changes to our game plan. We can make correct decisions when it comes to punting the football, going for two, et cetera, that we'll talk about. Staying with the press box communication and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, when we're on the headsets, all right, when we're talking down and distance, it's obviously crucial to get that called out as soon as possible. I'm the one that calls that out for us. I'm looking at the far side judge on the sideline because wherever he ends up, that's where the ball is getting spotted. He's following the football. Okay, so he's the one I'm looking at. If it's close to the sticks, you got to wait until you actually know. Okay, we've all been there where the ball ends up right at the sticks, and you're not sure if it's going to be fourth and inches or a first down, and you just got to you just got to wait. Okay, because no information is better than bad information. If I say, "Hey, coach, it's a first down," okay, and he's sending in his, you know, first down call, but it's really fourth and one. We got some problems. So wait till that guy spots the ball, and then make a, a call on it. Don't clog the line. I know everyone's got different protocols when it comes to the headsets and how you communicate with your coaches. But obviously we don't want a whole lot of chatter on there. Everyone's got their job. Don't stray away from what your job is and talk too much on the line. We don't want to clog that and have any issues there. Next, this is something I didn't learn until a year or two into being a coordinator. Got to let the special teams coordinator do his job. So as a coordinator, you can't be talking about the offense or what just happened on the drive while we are punting the football. 
or while we're kicking a field goal because the special teams coordinator has to make sure that's all situated and lined up and we're ready to go. Okay, so you can't be talking offense while the punt team's out there. And our special teams coordinator is an offensive coach, so he is on our headset. Okay, and I know there's different channels and all that kind of stuff, but he stays on the offensive headset while he's getting the, court, the special teams coordinated. All right, so no one to shut up as a coordinator or an offensive coach. And then last is the driver view that we'll do after whatever just happened on special teams. Okay, and I'll talk about that here in a second. When we are charting in the box, here's the main things we're looking at. Number one, play count's really important to us, the total play count, because we're a tempo team. We want to get that play count up. So we need to know where we're at and where our defense is at. Our goal, it used to be 100 plays a game, which is pretty lofty. We've kind of narrowed that down to breaking it up into quarters. If we have 25 snaps at the end of the first quarter and 50 at halftime, we're on a pretty good track. And if, if we've got 50 plays at halftime, that probably means we're playing pretty good offense and we're probably ahead. So the, the number of snaps in the second half should be going down and shrinking because we're ahead and we're running the football and running the clock. Okay, so that, that 100 plays isn't necessarily our goal anymore, but it is really important to know where we're at at the end of the first quarter and where we're at at halftime. And if we're at, you know, 42 plays to their 24 plays, we're in pretty good shape. We know that their defense is probably going to be a little bit tired that they've been on the field for a long time. This picture right here is, a, is an example of a chart that we keep on game day. Obviously, it's not super clean or great handwriting because we are writing this in real time and really quickly. This is the compilation of three or four people that are doing their job charting individually, and then we put it all in a master chart. So what you got on here is the, the overall play counts already typed in, play count of each drive, down and distance, the play, formation and play, which I've blurred out a little bit, quarterbacks read, front, blitz coverage, gain, and any other notes or kind of what happened. Then we'll go back through. We will circle explosive plays. You can see some circles on here. We'll circle the explosive plays, and then we'll highlight third downs. That's really easy for me to go back and get, a, get some third down trends and also know what plays have been good for us. This chart is very critical to us up in the box, and I will also relay all the information on this down to Coach Lewis and everyone on the offensive headset. So really, really important that you've got a system down. And again, because we're on going on year five with pretty much the same offensive staff, we've got pretty good chemistry when it comes to game day mechanics. Moving along, this is the chart that I have in the press box. Okay, there's a lot of stuff on here. Everybody's got their two-point chart that they keep. Basically what this sheet is, is I compiled like four different two-point charts from over the years from different staffs. And I put them all into one sheet. Okay, so this has a lot of stuff on it. The two-point charts down here at the bottom left, really critical, obviously, when you're trying to decide to go for two. We'll talk more about two-point versions in a little bit. But you got your two-point chart down there. You got a note section down here. I don't use that a ton, but we, what you can use for it is your kicker's range. You know, what yard line we feel good about as a staff kicking a field goal. You know, whether it's with the wind or against the wind, we'll, I'll write that down there. I got a timeout checkoff deal here okay the only reason i got that is because we all know like sometimes the scoreboard is wrong so i will actually check off when us or the opponent calls a timeout and i'll go off that instead of the scoreboard reviewable plays i know review is not in all the high schools but in college it's a huge part of the game so i can tell our head coach hey this plays reviewable or it's not reviewable and that helps us make some decisions or know like hey they may have made a mistake. The rest may have made a mistake, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's non-reviewable. So 
I've got a list of those on the side here. Basically, if you can't review any penalties, anything involving the football pretty much can be reviewed. Down at the bottom right, I've got what takes time off during a play, you know, what a typical play is, what a, a kneel down takes, what, you know, a spike takes, et cetera. And then the middle part is anything outside of two minutes when, when you're at the end of the game and you're trying to figure out how much you can run off in four-minute offense or how much you can run off with kneels, et cetera, based on how many timeouts we have or they have. And then inside two minutes, this is more so figuring out, again, when you can take kneel downs when you can start nailing out the clock and, and win the game. So I've got a situation I'll talk about here in a little bit where that really came into play. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Check out the show notes for related links to podcasts and coaches mentioned in this episode. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.